Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hey, everyone. I'm about to play back a conversation I had with Ryan Leacock, host of the Creative People podcast, which I recorded back in early June at my girlfriend's parents' place in Waterdown. Now, after an incredible three or so weeks of driving, drinking iced coffees, and safely, of course, seeing friends and some family, which was heavenly, I'm sad to inform you that that's all over, and my partner and I are halfway up to the Arctic again, spending 14 days in a hotel that's being used as a quarantine hub, like exactly like you would think. The, the, there's guards and people that escort you if you're going to the front desk, you're eating room service food, you aren't leaving the property, it's like whatever. Anyway, from all the travel and these god-awful transitions I hate into another form of existence, which I'm not fond of, living in the Arctic, I found myself in a weakened state, feeling pretty worthless overall. As a person, as a podcaster, like I couldn't possibly be doing enough to accomplish, I don't even know what. I feel like my brain is dying and I'm overwhelmed. And if I didn't have or choose to use these podcast intros as my diary because I don't use social media as a platform, these thoughts and downtrod vibes would eat me alive from the inside. So I'm just going to leave that there. Otherwise, you'll someone will probably be listening to this at a point in which in the next two days or two hours that I'll no longer be feeling like this. I'll be feeling great and full of purpose again, I assure you. So don't go forming any opinions on my psyche. We're both human beings. This is life. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Toronto's Rob Zabo, a recent guest, incredible singer-songwriter, producer, and more, and host of his own amazing podcast, And Sometimes Why. Rob recently featured his appearance on The Todd Donald Show as an episode of his podcast. So like the audio from that episode is what's presented on ASW with a personalized intro and outro Rob style. And this was done as a response to all of his fans and friends that were interested in hearing him be the guest and ask questions. I can only hope that I delivered on what they might have wanted, although I'm sure I didn't. Sorry, Rob, you're an amazing man. If you're listening, thanks for featuring me on your podcast again. And it was fun, but you know that. I'd also like to shout out to another past guest on this podcast, actor and author Samantha Mirandola, who's since become a good friend. We have a project in the pipeline that I'm excited to give more shape and ultimately produce into being. And I'm going to be excruciatingly vague about it by leaving it at that, at YH4Z pod on all social media platforms. Speaking of authors, I've been getting back into reading voraciously, and it's been about five years since I was in that place. I've recently read Anna Kendrick's Scrappy Little Nobody, which is delightful. I'm into Gabrielle Union's We're Gonna Need Some More Wine, which is hilarious and serious and deep. And I'm looking forward to reading Handmaid's Tale, the autobiography of Malcolm X and Nobody Cares by Auntie Donahue. And if you're listening and vetting the podcast, please be merciful. I am but a fan and a fan who would desperately love to split the atom with you on everything. Lastly, in my nerdy comeback to reading nerdiness, I've relogged into Goodreads and finished a complete inventory and categorization of my books. Yes, throughout my entire life up to date. 
And this is what I did one night when I should have been figuring out more to do with this podcast. I've also become a huge fan of Adventure Time and uh, rewatching Steven Universe. That's stuff, right? All right. So as a creative, it was wonderful to listen to Ryan Leacock in the edit, again, talking about motivations, as well as his personal methods of not only making a show, but in battling with that part of us that's dedicated to the negative, that part of all human beings. And as creative, how do we get around it? How do we avoid it and stay strong in knowing that our projects are worthwhile and deserve all that we can give them? How uh, we owe it to ourselves to show up every day. And it really shines a light on those memeable quotes that I typically look at and think, yeah, obviously that's elementary. (laughs) People who need this must be new. And then there I am repeatedly falling on my face and thinking I'm worthless. So it's really inspiring to chat with someone who in so many ways is kindred and a reflection of me, but who's also become a personal hero of mine because it's not just his ability to get over himself or rock the platform in spite of himself as I'm working on, but what he does with his podcast, the creative people podcast is very philanthropic and celebratory of the guest and smooth. I could say it's very egoless. And Ryan was kind enough to take a break from pumping out 20 episodes a day to chat with this guy pointing at me about what we do and shed a light on his own personal journey as a guest. I found him to be very profound and kind and tolerating of me, and I hope we'll become friends. I think we are in only the way that Zoom and or phone calls can allow right now. Please put your hands together for the host of the Waterloo Region's premier interview podcast, the Creative People Podcast, which is already close to 50 apps deep, and he'll tell you all about it, Mr. Ryan Leacock. What what do you do for work? I work in a sign shop. Okay. Yeah, so it's okay. Are you stoked to be a guest? Have you been a guest before? Yeah, no, no, I haven't. I'm going to try not to say the cliche thing. It's weird to be on the other side of this. (laughs) I'll ask the questions here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for agreeing to be on this podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Well, if you'd like to host as well, you're more than welcome to. I only got (laughs) the job because I know the guy, not because I'm qualified. You and me both. You have a wife and kids, right? You got four kids. Yeah, I got four kids. I was marveling with you over the phone. You pump out, like not only... (laughs) Drop my pants as she's praying, just pumping them out. (laughs) You know the work as well as I do, what goes into not only just recording the fun part, and also editing, publishing data, metadata, descriptions, promoting it. And I'm winded emotionally after doing one a week. How does that work in the house? Like, you know, daddy needs five days to himself for this podcast mm-hmm. thing? Or? Well, I sneak away. I don't need a lot of sleep. Like last night, I went to bed at one and woke up for a run at 6.30. So I just fit it in when I can. Like I have a whole episode I have to get ready for tomorrow. I haven't even started. So that's my night. <laughs> we can be happy right now together doing the fun yeah. part. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. I try to remind myself like, I'm doing this because I like doing this. This is part of it. The editing can be a little bit of a slog, but it's also a time to kind of reflect on the conversation. And, you know, if you have someone on the podcast, they took their time and yes, it is a job, but I want them to sound as good as possible. So I want to take the time. But the thing with editing is you have to stop everything and you can only focus on that. So many other things in our lives, we can kind of focus on lots of things at once. Like you can be mm-hmm. watching a show and be on your phone or you, but editing, it's like, you just have to focus on that. That's the hard part, I guess. I mean, we're doing this and I'm playing some online poker. Yeah, perfect. So I hope you fun. win. 
<laughs> and of course you can also relax because it's not like your show where you have to ask the questions that yeah. cliche, of course. And you know, people listen to it <laughs> self burn, but can you tell my listener what the creative people podcast is and what you've done with it so far? Creative people podcast is a podcast where I interview creatives of all types about their process. I am very interested in the creative process and creative living. I just want to talk to people as many different types of people as I can. And when I'm looking for guests, I'm looking, you know, who's doing interesting stuff and what's their perspective. I think the core of this idea came up when I was listening to, I think it was like probably Mark Marin back in the day, he would talk to comedians and they would say something and it would be like, Oh, I thought I was alone in that. Mm-hmm. I'm not weird. My brain's not fucked up. Even if it is fucked up, at least I'm not alone in it. So that was kind of like the core idea that kind of sat in my chest for a long time. And then the Creative People podcast, I was like, I needed something I wanted to do. In the book, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about creativity is like, she says it's like a puppy. If you don't take it for walks, it's going to eat your furniture. And I found that in my life, I, I didn't have enough creative output. I had a lot of ideas. I had a lot of things I wanted to do, but I needed something to work on every single week. Otherwise, I would turn inward and that would be bad. So I had this idea, sat on my computer for six months. And then at the beginning of this year, it was just like, hey, now or never, there's a pandemic coming. Might as well get in. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I think it's very, very well done. Having looked at it, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm like, oh, the website, what do the accounts look like? What's on it? I see you got some merch now. But I mean, that's going to be old news by... Uh, early July when this comes out. Stupid. But I mean, I can get behind that. And I'm sure that you've found, granted, I've been doing this for a long time, as you know, and I typically just talk at people, but I'm sure if I were to listen to them, I would have found out that artists and performers and creatives of all types, there's a a very similar thread to to what we all go through. And like, you got the other podcast too, right? The screened one? Yeah, I'm going to be changing that a little bit. That's where I started. So basically in January, I knew I wanted to do something. I love movies. So I started doing some movie reviews and I did some with my kids and I was videotaping them because of YouTube. And then I realized, well, I have the audio. Maybe I could do podcast. Even just talking about podcasting versus talking about YouTube. I was like, I kind of hate YouTube. So what am I (laughs) doing on there? I'm biased because my kids are on YouTube and every video they watch is the most annoying video I've ever seen in my life. So I have kind of a bad taste in my mouth for it. And then once I started doing them as podcasts, then it was like, well, if I'm already doing this... Why don't I just do my other idea? And then once I started doing that, it was like, okay, well, this is what I should have been doing. So I had about a month of kind of doing both. I guess I started that other one. And now that I'm doing this, I still like having conversations. So I'm going to be doing some stuff, but integrating it into a different format. But at the same time, it got me started doing the Creative People podcast, which has really kind of found a life of its own now. So I think with creativity and ideas, you kind of just have to follow them and don't overthink it. So I could start the thing with screened. And then when this kind of came up, it was like, oh, this is my best foot forward. I'm doing this now. Right. And that's how we got here. As a way of getting to more questions for you, let me give you yeah. an insight into the, I'm the token overthinker. Uh, it's a burden, doing, eh? <laughs> how long ago did you start the Creative People podcast? End of January, I started. Okay. So it's we're coming up on half a year. What I get down about every three to four months And I care way too much about the numbers and the external validation. It's not the foundation of the podcast or anything I do, but I do sort of go that way. Um, And it's not a high frequency bounce, but it happens. I get down and I'm like, what's the point? 
no one's watching or listening. Uh, I don't need to do this. And so I had you on the phone recently right, yeah. to get some yeah. advanced intel. Ended up uh, squawking a lot. But I feel like we have a grand opportunity right now to exchange the essence of our quasi-shared journeys and mm-hmm. sort of uh, start what may or may not end up being a lasting friendship for an expansion of our circle of moral support because I want that. It's motivating. Yeah. What do you say? Certainly helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly remembered you. It's funny how you came up on my radar and I was like, oh yeah, that guy. So we've been in like parallel circles. So yeah, that sounds great to me. I mean, one of the best things that I didn't expect about the whole podcast was, and when I looked through your people, I was like, oh wow, he's got so many interesting people from, you mostly do in the region. Is that? That was the best place to start off. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was looking through and I was like, oh, he has so many interesting people. And I saw you and we kind of had our circles crossed like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. You came up, I don't know, on Instagram somehow. And so I was looking through and I was like, oh, he's had so many interesting people. And my first impulse was like, well, I'm going to just go poach them because he did all the hard work finding them. So they deserve probably- a chance to be on a proper show. So <laughs> that's all fair. Oh, my goodness. Calm down with that self-deprecation, okay? Okay, so- let, me, let me put it. Th- no, keep, hold that thought. But okay. You got the soda in your voice. It's very sexy. And no, that's I got just because um, quasi- that's just jeans. I got this mid-high, quasi-nasally, crotch-drying voice. Anyway, that's I, that's I read that review on, on Google. Garage. Sorry, keep going. You're funny, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me feel good about the things I feel bad about. So. <laughs> I mean, I was told like when I was younger, oh, you have a voice for radio, which I always just took as an insult because it's like, what about my face then? <laughs> <laughs> it is nice to have a voice that people like it. It certainly helps. I don't know. Just your voice though. My wife's bored of it. So, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's relative. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You have the bubble of your home right now. It's become a bubble. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm hiding in my, my bedroom. My four kids are uh, downstairs. My wife is shushing them. So yeah, we're in our house. And have you logged how long it takes you from, if oh, you were to add make, up the recording time with the editing time? No, no, I would, I, uh, that would make me feel depressed. <laughs> you gotta, it's like every time you start, be like, I could do it fast this time. Right. That's what I tell my wife. Oh, I'll, I'll bang this one out tonight. No worries. Yeah. Or yeah, re- it, this was a relatively easy one. They barely said um or but, but then you're still in there for a long yeah. time. I mean, a 90 minute raw combo could take four hours if I'm doing it the way I do it. But then a 38 minute conversation, depending on how I or the guest are that day can take twice as long. Yeah. You can't literally just spend the entire time doing that, right? You have to pee. You have to uh, breathe. It's nuts. But I mean, yeah. what I've listened to is not just populated by a host with a, a very nice voice, but there's a lot of quality in it. You came out the box or whatever, pimply, hyperbole, fresh out the box, popping fresh yeah. out the kitchen. Like, like what, you know, a high caliber product. Oh, thank you. Project. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, I just did what I wanted to hear. I learned a few things beforehand. I have done performing. Like I used to be really involved with my church, my old church. So I kind of got a taste for, you know, putting on a performance. It's not, it's not that I'm not being genuine. It's just, we're rolling now. You got to bring it. So I'm 100%. Yeah. So I learned how to do that pretty young. I've been missing it. I've been missing being able to quote unquote perform. Even that sounds silly, but because some days you have to, like, you know what I mean? Like the other, I was telling you when we were talking, 
I had a conversation last week and I was in a terrible mood and it's weird because you're in your house. So like right now I have to do it here. So, and that's fine, but you get in an argument, your kids being annoying or you get in an argument with your wife and, but then you have to be on because, right. so it is somewhat of a performance. I just, I meditated. I sat in the room for half an hour. I, I have wild anxiety or I used to have to deal with it. It's been a lot better. So I had some CBD that helps. I had some before we talked now that takes the edge off for me. So I lost train of thought. I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> to, to make a reference to someone that we both know, to someone that was also in that realm of velvet rope, um, yes. we both uh, interviewed. I, I used too many words, but we both had Tessa on the show. My interview yes. with Tessa was bad. She was great, but most of the show, I would interject and be like, I'm so off. And it's in the show. And then she said this big, long thing at the end going, no, it's okay, Todd. Like she gave me like a, a friend diatribe in the mic. You know, life is like that. You can't be on all the time. And then <laughs> as a way of batting my friend away for trying to help me, I said, when you think about it, what is life? But she goes, a series of on and off days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then death, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's how you feel. Like yeah. I might've thought it was cool to just be super transparent about feeling off that day. But I otherwise would have tried because it's the chance that we have, especially when we're on the mic with the guest to, yeah, yeah. to deliver something that is sort of along the lines of what we want to hear, the entertainment yeah. mixed with the genuine interaction. And, but I yeah, live yeah. for this. I don't know about you. It, it is my favorite part. Yeah. I mean, I think my favorite part's when they're done. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like making the connection. It does. I'm great when I'm in the moment. I find I'm still nervous, so nervous beforehand. I'm a big anxiety before kind of person, but that's the lead up to it. It's, it's stressful. But when I get to the end of it and it was good, it was, I walk out of the room. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want my podcast to sound like. So, and yes, I made a connection and the best thing about conversations and it doesn't happen all the time. Like it's not happening right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is when a little magic happens, right? Yeah. Like the one I'm going to be putting together today I lost the beginning of the podcast. Shit. It didn't record. I had internet troubles all day and I lost the beginning and um, I had to let it go. Like I'm putting up the podcast and I already decided, I'm like, well, this isn't what I want it to be, but we still ended up talking for an hour and I missed some good stuff at the beginning that I wish I would have had, but that's life. It's like what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Things happen. Internet goes to shit. You forget to hit record, whatever, whatever. You're trying to find that sweet spot between being like raw and honest, but also not being like too raw and honest. You know what I mean? Right. So when I intro this episode, I'm going to be like, you know what? This episode's not perfect because life's not perfect. Now, if every episode was like a fuck up like that, obviously I suck. But every once in a while, it's just going to not be, you're not going to be on it. You're going to forget this. And that's just part of the process. And I think that's what's interesting to me about creativity is that we are so hard on ourselves. I love that we have access to everything. Like we can listen to great podcasts. We can listen to like, we have the world at our fingertips, but sometimes it makes us feel inferior because it's not like that. It's not like this. If you stop making art or being creative because it doesn't sound like that, why are you doing it in the first place? It's, it's about a journey. It's about getting better. It's about doing it because you love it. And knowing that along the way, there's going to be times when you're talking to Tessa, you don't feel on. But that's the great thing. I think, um, it's brain food to have to deal with a deviation from what yeah. your construction in the city. My brain grows every time I drove to work when I was still back here working in town that I had to find an alternate route. And <laughs> yeah, it happens. And just, and making it like what's great about this is that you and I get to make something 
every week, you know? So whether we were on as much as we wanted to be on or the internet wasn't working, so we had to use the telephone, it captured that week, uh, captured where we are. It doesn't mean that we don't try to be professional or our best version of ourselves, but we can't always be like that. And sometimes it's not going to be, and that's okay. I think. Let's do some self-assessments. I've already done mine. Oh, you might've okay. might uh, plucked some of the chords of the song, but one question to sort of summarize, okay. what do you do as a, as a host or interviewer that you would say is unique to yourself? I think I have a natural curiosity. I have got compliments on the base questions that I have. And then I think I ask good questions. I think for being a narcissist, I'm a fairly good listener. <laughs> so that's the sweet spot that I'm trying to go for is like, obviously, if you're starting a podcast and you're putting yourself out there, you have to at least think of yourself like, I'm not bad. You know, like you have to have a somewhat inflated sense of self. Yeah. But then to be a good podcast host, you have to talk to people and you have to give a shit about what they're saying because you do give a shit. So it's, the, it's finding that sweet spot where you can be a good listener to shut up and just listen and then also have the confidence to have a show. It's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So I think my questions are a unique part. And then the slant of, of just creativity. And I think that those are things that are good. I like things. And, you know, I told you about my certainly benign pain in the ass, uh, but very human struggle with the thing that happens when I let external validation. Oh, man, it's so tough. <laughs> So internally, emotionally, well, you just said it. I mean, what role does it play if it does with the Creative People podcast? How do you keep yourself at bay from yourself while you're trying to just keep moving? Yeah. So know what dark holes you could go down and don't go down those. So there are certain things. And if you do, that- wear protection. That was stupid. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I interrupted your answer. That was, it was not worth it. Everyone has these things in their minds that if they allowed themselves, it's really hard. Like I, I started this podcast in January and if I let myself, and some days I do, I'm focusing too much on, well, how many people are following this on Instagram and how many people downloaded the episode? And so I've had to make rules for myself. It's like, well, I don't check in on downloads until I put the next one up. I would check every day. Because there's something inside that says, oh, I wonder. And then I know that that's a black hole that isn't healthy for me. Turned off the notifications on my Instagram, on my phone, because if I look down on my phone and there's not a bunch, then I'm depressed. If there are a bunch, then I feel it's not good for me. At the heart of it, it's not that I want the validation. It's that I believe in the show and I want to get it out there and I want to see that it's connecting with people. That's what it's really about. Mm-hmm. I mean, also my ego, but there is a part of it that's like, I just want to share. You can't control that. You can't control how many people like a post. You can't control the algorithms. You can't control how many people download it. You know, it's an anxiety hole because anxiety will just wrap around a thing and just keep going around it. And it doesn't solve anything you have to kind of stop it before it starts. Perhaps us hearing each other and certain things that we're saying is just as important an interaction as something for, for others to listen to, because this is us connecting on that. This is us not being alone in that. So pass me fucking marshmallows. And what we're talking about and not feeling alone. That's a huge thing. Like I felt alone a lot of my life in my own thoughts, in my anxiety, in my, So not feeling alone and being like, oh, my mind thinks like this. That was a big help for me. So being able to relate with you is like, yeah, that's a struggle and that's normal. So don't beat yourself up about it, but also don't, sometimes we have to just get over our shit. And that's kind of what I'm learning to do more is like anxiety can make us feel weak. 
we're not weak, you know? Right. Let's look the other way. Cause I feel sure. like I just dragged us down into the yeah. anxiety yeah. hole. <laughs> it's always right here. You know, it's so. <laughs> Is there something that you've encountered so far that you weren't expecting or conscious of going into making this podcast now that it's in the world and people are listening to it and responding to it? Like I knew I would connect with people locally because I know that we live in a region that has a lot of creative people. I just didn't know that it would be so rewarding just getting to see what other people were doing. And I knew that there were a lot of people out there doing stuff locally, but I didn't know how many people and how interesting a lot of them were. And I'm actually feeling a little sad lately that this isn't a normal year because I was like, oh, I would like to see some of these people at this. Like, so as much as I'm connecting and kind of making these quasi friendships or whatever they are, they're still limited by this screen and there's no events like I, I wish I could be part of the community in an actual physical way, but Preach. on the other <laughs> hand, COVID has allowed me to do and really hit fast forward on the podcast. So it, it's a mixed bag. That was a big surprise. And I don't know why it was a surprise. It was just, it was just like, Oh, I really like these people. Yeah. I think the workload was a surprise. Like I was saying before, I'm like, Oh, I can just bang this one out. <laughs> no, it it's more work than people think it is. Especially if you, have a standard that you want. And then knowing like when to just cut it off. You're like, you know what? This one is what it is. And that doesn't even mean it's bad. It's just, you could spend three more hours or you can just be like, that's done. This, that's what this one's. This yeah. one's it. You know hey, you know what? This person says, but, um, and I got to fucking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then even still, it's like, just go easy on yourself. Sometimes like a few weeks ago, everything fell apart again. And I wanted to have an episode up for Saturday morning because that's what I've been doing. And I got it up Saturday afternoon. Who cares? Just uh. I don't. About the time, fuck. But you know what Zoom has invited me to, to feel? You're already on this page, but it's like Zoom and a lot more people being at home like we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of opens the door up to other places far and further out there. I was against Zoom at the beginning. I, I was like, before COVID hit, I had two people from the States and I really wanted to talk to them. And I was like, okay, well, we're gonna do we're gonna do Zoom because it can record and all that. My goal was to meet face to face. I was like, yeah, as much as I can, I want to meet face to face because I like tangible things. And there's an energy. If we were in the same room right now, there would be an energy that's not there right now. Yeah. That said, that is still possible and has it can happen over Zoom. And it has like it it is happening right now. And once you get used to it, I understand people are having Zoom burnout. And I'm certainly glad I'm not in a job where I have to be in in meetings on this all day. Mm -hmm. But if it's just two people looking at each other, you can make a connection. You just have to be open to it. I took someone telling me, you're going to have to just get comfortable with this. right? And your podcast, if it's going to grow, you're going to have to reach out to people who aren't in your city or don't have time to... I wonder how it's all going to change after this. It's like people are so used to now. It's like, well, can't we just meet Like, I think it might change the way people hang out a little bit more. But what I'm saying is, if you allow it to and are open to it, it can be a wonderful thing. And it has been. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. He's one of my, he's my favorite all time uh, person. You can hear him switching to Zoom and Matt Gorley's on the one side producing it and is really funny. Have you heard that podcast before? Uh, I heard him talk about it on maybe Marion or something. I I haven't listened to it though. I like check in with Conan every once in a while, but I love the, I love even the title. I was like, don't we all feel like that's Yeah. Anyone who's interviewing people with podcasts like has that in the back of your mind, like, well, I could use some more friends. Yeah. And I I never asked this on the show and I I wouldn't want to now because it's out there. But every time I interview a guest that I've never met before, I'm like, would would you hang out with me? <laughs> like in real life? Um, You're like reading the room. Like, how are they responding to my emails? 
promptly? Are they friendly in the email? Okay, well, I don't want to meet my friend then. Okay, fine. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing to ask on your podcast to a guest? And you can answer to the effect of, what's your favorite thing that's personally satisfying to ask and get an answer with? Or uh, a favorite question that uh, a guest would be enamored by? Uh, I'll, I have two favorite things. So at the end of the podcast, my second last question is, if you were to put your creativity in your mind's eye, into a physical form, an animal, an object, what would that be? Mm-hmm. And got it. part of the reason for that is that earlier in the year, I had my own breakthrough about that. Creativity and me have had an interesting kind of relationship for a while. I loved it, but I also felt tortured by it. I felt like I had things I wanted to do, but then you have days where you're empty. And then one day I was like, I think my creativity is like a cat. I've had cats my whole life. Cats like me. I like cats. But cats also don't fucking care about you until they want to. And knowing that was really comforting to me. So if you're sitting on the couch and you try to, you want to cuddle with your cat, you're going to go over and you're going to pick it up. It's just going to jump off. It's just going to be like, I don't, I'm not doing this right now. But when you're sitting there and if you're in a place where cats like to visit, the cat will come to you. When I started thinking about my creativity that way, it was like this load fell off my shoulders the cat's going to come. Don't worry. Just be in the place, be doing the work and the cat's going to show up. So because it was such a big kind of mind shift for me and it actually helped me, I was like, well, I wonder if other people have thought about this and I want to know their answers. So I started with asking it right away. And my one friend was like, well, mine's like a monkey or mine's like, and he had this funny explanation. And then he's like, oh, mine's like a high school crush. And I was like, oh, I'm liking this, these answers because I can relate to them. So that is a big one for me. It's the thing I look forward to. And I'm often surprised. And even when I'm not surprised, it's like, oh, that checks out. The second thing that would be my favorite is not a question. It's just that moment when someone starts talking about something that they're really excited about. Their eyes light up. And that's when I feel like the podcast is like taken off. It's like they're talking about something they're passionate about. They're not thinking, oh, I'm being recorded right now. Oh, how do I sound? That all goes out the window. That's my favorite part. Let me tell you something. You're a great guest. Oh, like you. I already knew you're a great host, but this is your first time guesting. You're doing a yeah. great job. You're doing oh, great. Thanks, man. Keep that in there. I like hearing that. And I also really like that answer. I, I can identify with that. And me telling you that, I'm not good at doing that thing. I'm always conscious of the space after a person answers and needing to be ready with a quick, I am listening because I am. It's tough because you don't want to talk too much when they're you want to give them space and you don't want to always have your two cents. So finding that sweet spot's tough because you don't want them to tell a story and be like, well, let me tell you that. Like, but you do want to, you do want to have an answer to their, what their answer was. It's tough. Well, I think with this podcast and I can forgive myself for it is that I put it out there as much as I can, as that is something I do, but I, I limit it. Like I'm talking yeah. about myself right now, but I try to limit yeah, yeah. it. But I mean, I went out there calling it the Todd Donald show. It's very not brandy. I just, I try to brand that for what it is and work around it. Let me, let me ask you one more thing about podcasting because I do want to talk about some other projects. Sure. You're, you're a many hat, you're a multi hyphenate uh, <laughs> in the biz with podcasting though, point blank. If it seemed like no one was listening or if it just seemed like you hit a dead end that you couldn't even pick yourself back up from spiritually, if it just doesn't seem in terms of out there or whatever mm-hmm. thing, would you, would you stop doing it? Um, I'm, I'm not asking right for away. a friend. <laughs> not, <me. laughs> not right away. I would get some feedback from people about, okay, what's working? What's not working? Why is this not connecting? Also, what I've learned is that like, 
you got to beat on that door for a long time to get people to pay attention. It's not just enough. Something I think about a long time and those people from the States, which I forget what state they're from. One of the things that they said was like, just because you build it doesn't mean that they're going to come. And I was like, I kind of thought they were going to when I done other projects and you got to keep doing it. You got to keep showing up. You got to. So what I would do before is like, I would write one short film or I would do one app of things. And then, and it would be not bad, but also it would just be okay. In like terms of the world. So, Mm -hmm. but then people wouldn't show up and that's frustrating. And then you start, then you internalize, you're like, well, maybe I suck. And it's like, well, no, that's actually not how the world works. Maybe for some people they do a thing and then everyone gathers around and like, Oh, amazing. Blah, blah, blah. But I think for a lot of us, it's really hard to do a thing semi well and get it out there, but you have to keep doing it and you have to keep having an output. And I think the biggest question is what are the things in your life that you have to do? Even if podcasting is one of them, then you should keep doing it. I think that's only a thing that you can know for yourself and for myself. So if no one was listening to the creative people podcast, I think I'd probably get to a point where it was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't, <laughs> add this to the list of things I tried, <laughs> you know? There's a <laughs> long it list. Up to yeah. Pineapples. And on to the next one, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, well, I know how my brain works and I'm going to be obsessed with something else in six months. But also maturity is giving something a fair shot. And while you're learning and growing at it, you're, it's not going to be, it's, yeah, like you just have to be able to, just being blunt and transparent. I started with the screened podcast and have, haven't done anything with it for however many months. And I listened to one of them just recently and it was only from January. And I was like, whoa, that sucks. So in this short amount of time, I've gotten better. I've gotten better at explaining myself and, and what my voice is. I scribbled the words. Design was one of them. I don't know if you have anything design related that you want to plug. You talked a bit more about doing short films. So yeah. be- before I don't want to skip design. Um, no, no. What part of your life was that? Well, design was, um, so I, I just hired someone to help with the podcast graphics, but I like design. I, I think in terms of design. So I like it. It's a tool in my arsenal. You know, it's, it's a huge asset. I'm not trying to be the world's greatest designer. In the list of things I've tried, I've tried freelancing and that's a whole slog. I've been a sole designer at shops and I came up in sign shops mostly. So you just kind of realize I'm fine at design. It's also not the only thing I want to do. And I think if you're really going to be good at something you have, like, I don't know if this is true, but you kind of have to be all in. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to be all in on design. I, I don't love doing design for other people. I heard someone recently say, like, when you're a graphic designer, it's actually not good to put yourself too much into their designs. And I'm like, well, I can't not do that. So <laughs> there you go. There's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Is it worth plugging just out of general interest? Who jumped on board the uh, Creative People Podcast Project? Her name is Caitlin. She's in her third year at Conestoga and she's exactly what I was hoping to find. Most of the time we talk over text, she's super chill. She gets stuff set up in Buffer and it's super great. It's awesome. Okay. So So that's that side. How do you identify yourself in the creative world? Because you talked about coming into the podcast and and sinking into it because of COVID. It's something that you can do. This is, this is coming from you on our phone call. Like you, you are looking forward to doing other things when the world is a is in a shape that you can yeah. that can accommodate that. So with anything that you've done, do uh, time is the concept of time. 
how, how do you identify? Um, that's a tough question because I, I like to do a lot of things. So I really like writing. And I think my answer would, when I'm thinking in my head, it's like, well, whatever, what comes out of you that you can't really help? That's gross. I shouldn't say it that way. But, <laughs> but it's like those things that you just, actually having illustrators on my podcast have helped me kind of see creativity in, in somewhat of a new light. So when an illustrator is talking about drawing, they know they have to sketch all the fucking time and they're fine with it, right? I wasn't like that with a lot of the creativity in my life. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write this afternoon. And it was like, I'd set time up aside. This is my writing creative time. And I, I realized there's some people like illustrators, they don't think like that. They're like, do I have three minutes? I can sketch in the doctor's office. Do I have, what am I doing? Where can I, and what are the things that you just feel like you have to do? And I feel like I have to write. It's therapeutic. I have thoughts that I feel like I have to get out. And until they get out, they just rumble around up there. This podcast thing is a new love. I knew I liked listening to them, but interacting with sound, it's a new love. And I'm kind of figuring out how they all come together still. I've been living a creative life for better or worse for all my adult life. And I'm still figuring out where I want my output to be. And I've had a lot of different outputs. I designed an app. I worked with a photographer and we did a motion app with a story. And I wrote the story and I designed everything. And that came out and it was just like, okay, well, that's a cool thing. And it was right at the beginning of iPad. So it didn't sell a lot, but I was proud of it. I've made short films and they show up at festivals and and they're good. But a film takes so long to make. So Mm -hmm. you're not... And anything you're doing, you have to be working at a lot. You have to be putting in hours. And if you only get to make one short film every year and a half, two years, are are you getting better? Are you getting... I found that I'm still finding what's my sole creative output. And right now it's the podcast. I'm going to be shifting to blogging. and, and, And then after that, I want to start writing narrative podcasts where I can kind of take what I was doing with short films and put it into... A podcast because they you can make them much quicker and audio theater. I fucking love that. Have you listened yeah. to some BBC stuff before? I, it's amazing. Yeah, like it's an opportunity. And the best thing about it is that you don't film kind of burned me. I love movies, and I think it's partly because I grew up kind of sheltered, so it was like the only escape I had. But actually, working with film, it's a pain because if you have no money to invest in film, you have to work with people around you, which is fine. But people are the best and the worst. I don't have the energy. So I've kind of pivoted away from that, even though I love it. I didn't want to skip past this. I, I feel like I want to get a, a succinct record rather than ask all the things that I'm interested to know about you specifically. I did create a lot of uh, prep stuff and yeah. I don't ask shit that I don't want to know the answer to. But to ask probably the three best questions I have regarding your work with film, what would you say your main role in filmmaking was? So I was in a partnership with my uh, oldest friend, Nelson Dunk. He owns Skylight Productions in town. He's a great guy. So I was writing and doing producing for that. He was the director, but I would be there in a producing capacity, which is basically just letting your opinions be known. And that went on for a couple years. So the last thing that we made together, I'm proud of the film. It was called uh, The Devil You Know. I wrote it. Everyone we worked with was great. That was my main takeaway. I acted in a little bit. I was the guy that I, would, I got killed in it. Um, so that I did that too. And it was fun. It was all bloody. But then after it was like a year and then you get into film festivals, which by the way, you have to pay 
like submission fees. So to get into film festivals and then they might reject you. So, I mean, I have four kids and Nelson has a family, so it's financial burden. So writer is my main thing. And then, um, you know, just the look of it is what I'm something I really care about. So how does it look? How does it sound? And kind of assisting Nelson with the directing the film we made, we rented a place downtown Toronto and we shot all night. We started at seven and we finished at like 10 in the morning. So we went all night and it was the best night that I had that year. And the only reason it was so great is because everyone was in, everyone was creating and it was intimate and it was exciting and we were making something. Yeah. And that was another reason I wanted to start the podcast because I was like, I need that connection in my life. I need to be with people and we need to be making something. It was like a light bulb went off. I was like, this is important to me. I need to have this in my life more. So that was another little piece of like, why did I start the podcast? At least I can be having a connection with a creative like you and I are having a connection now Right. that is energizing to me. That's really interesting about film. Like I have no experience. I took broadcasting at Conestoga. You know, you got cameras and people act, but I'm, I'm sure like the, the stakes when, when you're trying to make art so much higher, like you described. It's amazing how much detail, like when you watch a film, you don't think about it, but everything's thought about. If you want it to be good, it's a lot of work. And I don't know, maybe it wasn't for me. I don't, I don't know. It's sure. tough. Is there a grand scheme as far as your body of work goes? Is it a lifelong mission to feed the creative machine? Which in my case, if you're wondering, is like a, a, a drunken minotaur that looks like Bob Hoskins and Ooh, uh, Cockney British. Get on there, mate. Have a good old day. Um, Can you imagine? I'd yeah. love to see that movie. Here's what you're going to do. And he's um, a minotaur? He's, a, he's a minotaur that looks like Bob so, Hoskins. On like the he'd be like clopping around? With a beer and, and like burping. <laughs> Let's film that. Let's film that one. Let's call him up. <laughs> Rest in Bob. peace. Bob. Um, <laughs> oh, no. He's dead. Yeah. Is he dead? Right, oh, so man. The, That's sad. Good question. I think I can do a better job asking this time. Just go for it. Just do it. Do you look at what you do as part of a body of work or are you just feeding the creative machine in whatever is making the most sense at the time? I think it's a little bit of both. It's definitely feeding the creative machine because I have to. I think there's things I want to do in life, but I try not to overthink them. It's like I have things, but I'm also open to where things go. So with this podcast, it was like, okay, every week I'm making something. Also, every week I'm putting myself out there and then what can this lead to and what can, where does podcasting fit in? You know, um, mm-hmm. but you got to just be open. I think it's bad for people to be like, let's say you started a podcast and you're like, oh, I want to be Joe Rogan. Well, you got to think about a few things. One, he's already doing his thing and he was in the moment at the right time. And also there's luck and all this stuff. If that is your goal, you're probably going to be disappointed. That's winning the lottery. I but, guess. <laughs> well, he's making a lot of money. I know. So, I know. I know. And he, and he kind of can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. So that is an amazing opportunity. If I was Joe, I'd be like, okay, well, I love film. What can I produce? What can I help? You know, that opens so many doors. But if I was to compare myself as that successful, you're never going to feel successful. That's where overthinking it comes into play. It's like, I have things I want to do maybe this is the road that's going to bring some of them around. And maybe it's not. Doesn't mean that this isn't valid. It just means I'm just exploring it. And when, when things come around, if, I, if it feels natural, then hopefully I can pivot into some of them. But 
I'm not doing the podcast as a means to an end. I'm doing it because it's what I can do right now. You know, the White Stripes, the Little Room song, when you're in your little room and you're working on something good. That's what I kind of feel. Yeah. Like I get that. Jack White now, you know, he's a big rock star, but like those early White Stripes of just like, let's play, let's do this because we love it. And then if it leads to more things, that's great. But you got to be making stuff in your little rooms. Does that answer the question? You know? It totally does because I, I don't think it's ever one thing. There is a sense of building it and maybe people will come. And then yeah. that thing that you're saying before too of, I'm not trying to like call you out. I'm saying I'm literally no, no. both places. It makes me happy to make a thing. We're in our rooms, we're constructing, we're, we're kicking against the wall to yeah. and becoming more ourselves than the people who we saw that, oh, I want to do that. And yada, yada. And then... And then there's just the struggle after you make it and you're making it more of how much more do I want to make it again if Mm -hmm. uh, this isn't happening and how do I make that happen? Well, it's more than just building it. Fuck. It's the engine. And it's only like that because humans are so fucking complicated in a beautiful way. It's beautiful and frustrating. Like that's Mm -hmm. the paradox, right? Let's end off with some fodder. I'll throw something at you and go for it. There might be a good question out of it for you. Fingers crossed. My girlfriend showed me something this morning, I think. It was it was the morning because I wasn't ready for it. It was a BuzzFeed gathering of Gen Z quotes bitching about millennials. Okay. <clears throat> Just like we were, of course. They're saying all these things about the older crowd. It's sort of like they're okay. hey boomer. And it's so oh, ironically funny. It's like, "Oh, you ever see a, you ever see a millennial's face when they hear a Disney song from the 90s? Fucking annoying." I'm like, oh, my mind so was blown. I was uh <laughs> And it, oh, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but the epiphany I had with that, it was related to that. You know how it is for us when we're working hard on our thing and we're also working every now and then these epiphanies can come to us when we find a moment even to, to shake everything off and just mm-hmm. stare into blank space and allow something weird that's already inside us to hit us. Yeah. What hit me recently, and I don't even know if it's going to make sense, but I'll take the scribblings on the screen here. It seemed like only yesterday that I could take any failure of certainty or failure of self-esteem, crumble into a little ball and sink into the loving hands of those whom from my mind's eye had all the answers. Even if Mm. that only really means it seems like these guides or upper level Mm. confidants uh, are telling me exactly what I need to hear uh, and reassure me enough mm-hmm. to pull me out of the slump, right? Or just enough. And as a teen, as a young adult, it's like your concept of these guides is so monolithic. It's like, it's like they're, they're as tall as the roof, but it's so far away from being who you are. You don't have to worry about needing to, to become that anytime soon. I'm going to mm-hmm. edit this into English. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The, the construct of wisdom of, from them being so high up there it's it's wisdom it's obi-wan kenobi and you're the mm-hmm. kid watching star wars it's yeah it's the distant future the concept of knowing when you're a child knowing is, mm-hmm. is far off what i realized is that anyone whom i might have thought was that they have all the answers they know as little as i do mm-hmm. i know all that i need to know no one can teach me anything and i don't know anything and i still have more to learn and I, I have no one that I can, un- unless they're consoling me, that I can just be like, I need someone who knows more than me about everything <laughs> to help me through this. And it's only me there. Uh, yeah. 
So how the fuck am I going to boil that into something I can ask you? Um, well, I, I, I'm following and I had a similar thing recently with all the stuff going on in the world. I've had this thought of like, yeah, we just need like better leadership. And I was like, who's going to step up and be like a leader. And, and it was like, Oh, I'm 35 now. Maybe I should stop looking for someone to step up and start being the person that I'm looking for. And that needs to, and then you're like, well, I'm not qualified to do that at all. Why would, (laughs) and so, but what you're getting at is like, we're the adults in the room now and we don't feel like adults, just like, I guess they didn't feel like adults, but now you can kind of see that that's a responsibility. How old are your kids? My kids are 10, eight, six, four. So they know how to ask questions. Yeah, they do. And, um, you know, it's Father's Day this weekend when we're recording this. Fatherhood has been a thing that it took a while to get used to. There's something about being older, like even that thing about the whatever they call those youngsters um, <laughs> making fun of us. You got to be able to take that, right? It's just oh, like yeah. just acknowledging, okay, well, this is where I stand in the world and the, and the creatives out there and the people doing work. I might as well own that. Like, what can I do to, to do that? Well, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's what yeah. I'm still thinking about. The way I'm trying to counter that is I'm at the place I work, we can have like an earbud in. So I'm listening to a lot of like self-development books. I'm trying to be better. Uh, I'm trying to grow and try to be the leader that I felt was lacking from the world. And I, I'm trying to own my age is what I'm trying to say. It's not like a quality of person is really attached to any number. I mean, we can be cooler 35 year olds and then most 28 year olds are being 18. I don't know. I don't know what's going with that mutter. What's the weirdest thing to you about being our age? The weirdest thing is that I didn't, because I grew up in very sheltered, I'm still dealing with a lot of shit from the way that I grew up. And it's like, and it's not even growing up. It's not when I, I think when I think about my teenage years, but it, it lasted most of the, like the way through my twenties. And what I've actually liked about being past thirties, that one, you start you stop caring about stuff that doesn't matter as much. So mm-hmm. that is a huge relief. Then you're able to kind of look at it and, and be like, okay, well, what does matter? And I feel like I'm getting some answers and, and getting more comfortable. Um, I'm also exploring things that, and being open to things in my life that I haven't just, there was like a time where I'm not explaining this well at all. It's like a whole thing. The thing that surprised me is that I'm still, I feel like a late bloomer. I feel like I'm still, I feel like I haven't bloomed yet. And it's like, but if you were to ask me at 20, what a 35 year old should be doing, it's, it's not still waiting to bloom. You know what I mean? Right. I, in so many respects, it's like, I'm talking to me if I had hair, it's great. I also take back what I said. You're a terrible guest. I'm I, kidding. I fucked it up at the end. eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're like, Oh, now he's just talking too much. <laughs> no, as a host and as a person, Love you. As an editor, I hate both of us today, but uh, with love. Um, oh, that's good. Oh, no, I, it makes no sense, and I mean it 100%. Mm-hmm. I want to let... <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're listening, Jerry, I know, I know statistically your name's probably Jerry, you can listen to the Creative People podcast on any podcast platform. I'm going to hand it over to Ryan for the websites and socials. Can you direct people to something I saw, the coffee? Is it Ko-Fi coffee? I just threw that on there. You can buy me a coffee. So that's on there. Um, I have merch now, which is cool. So you can do that. That's on the website, creativepeople-podcast.com. Find me on 
Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram and talking to people all the time. So that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's where you can kind of find me. I fully recommend it. And if you are Jerry or anyone listening to this, and if you are the fickle type and you can only have room in your life for, for one podcast mm. that creatives interview creatives, I, I fully would recommend yours. I'm a big fan of you, Ryan. I really do. Oh, thanks, man. I, I really am. And, uh, I lost the second half of that, but it is, does that feel good? I mean it. It does feel good. I'll take a compliment, even if it's a half one. <laughs> is there anything I don't know about you that I didn't have the gumption to bring up? I mean, like, I think there's a few things that we could talk about more. We could talk for hours. I like talking to you. I feel like I've been, I have felt like I've been able to be candid with you and be honest. So I appreciate that. Thank oh. you. Setting a platform is a big thing, man. And I have felt like I was able to say some stuff that I have thought or haven't been out. Like my main worry going into this is like, okay, well, don't sound like an idiot because then no one's going to listen to your podcast. (laughs) Check. Um, And then also, I hope I can explain what's going on in my head enough that it makes sense. But I felt comfortable to do that. So like, thank you. Ryan, thank, thank you sincerely for your time. I really enjoy talking with us, kindred spirits. And uh, you got a friend in me, Hugh the copyright infringement Disney song. Uh, This is going to get removed because you said it. Thanks, man. I really do appreciate you reaching out and you're very complimentary and I mean it, man. I felt very comfortable. This was an open space, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and having me on. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.